if we can participate in providing opportunity for students that equates to real work and, and provides you know, opportunity in the local area, there's a double benefit there. Not only do we support the workforce and the, and the work that needs to be done, but then we also have, a, we have better results as far as the educational process. Hello and welcome to Region Ahead, a podcast from SEMCOG, the Southeast Michigan Council of Governments. I'm Trevor Layton, and today we are talking with Don Hubler, the new chairperson of SEMCOG, and Kathleen Lamaco, the executive director of SEMCOG. We're going to learn a little bit more about our new chairperson and what we have to look forward to under a year of his leadership. Don is the secretary for the Macomb Intermediate School District and also a member of the Lance Cruz Public School Board. He has served as president of the Michigan Association of School Boards, as well as as a member of the National School Boards Association Board of Directors. Before he retired, Don was the director of public works for the city of St. Clair Shores, as well as the superintendent of the water department. So we have a leader who has been committed to education and infrastructure. Don, welcome to Region Ahead. How do we do on your background? Pretty close. <laughs> All right, and welcome, Kathleen. Thank you, glad to be here. Okay, so Don, you do represent an intermediate school district, Macomb ISD. Uh, I don't know that everyone is familiar with what an intermediate school district is or, or what they do. Could you tell us a little bit about the role of an ISD and how it relates to a local school district? Well, there's over 600 school districts, public school districts in Michigan, and there's 54 ISDs. Uh, Macomb Intermediate School District represents 21 local LEAs, local school educational associations. And what we do is, is provide services and coordinate uh, resources for those 21 districts, from professional development to uh, accounting practices, et cetera. So it, it's a very efficient way to operate, and Macomb County has been in operation for over 50 years. Wow. Okay. So one thing I'd like to discuss is knowing kind of what the role of an ISD is. Um, SEMCOG has several um, RISA or ISD members. And so uh, what I'd like to hear from you is how you think education fits into to the larger picture of regional problem solving. In other words, what do you see as the value uh, of engaging in, in regional planning uh, with leaders from, from other um, units of government, such as counties, cities, villages, and townships? There was an earlier um, podcast that you did with Bill Anderson on how funding works for education and, and particularly the, the lottery. Uh, I think it's important that everybody understands First of all, how, how public utilities are funded. Education is one of those things, but it also parallels almost directly uh, your local municipalities. But part of the problem is, and often what I've found, is that people in local municipalities don't know how schools are funded, and people in schools don't know how local municipalities are funded. But being that it, it, it is so focused out of Lansing, uh, the end result is about the same thing. And when you find that there's understanding between those, we can help educate ourselves and our communities to make better decisions and support better decisions. And the rationale of schools being members of SEMCOG is that schools and local governments share something. And what they share is they share residents, taxpayers, and there's a need for these public entities to know what each other's are, are doing and coordinate their efforts because um, we're all serving the same group of people. Okay, and now 
Kathleen, I, I want to hear from you a little bit. You've known Don for a while. He, he served as a SEMCOG officer um, for a number of years now. And um, you, you knew leading up to um, this summer that, that Don would become chairperson. And I guess I'm wondering kind of given what, what we know about, um, you know, the, the overlap between uh, different types of local government, including school districts, which we just talked about, um, what were you looking forward to about having having a chairperson um, such as Don who, who works from the education angle? Well, actually, with Don, we get a twofer. Um, we have somebody who really understands um, how local governments operate and public infrastructure as a former DPW person. And we also get someone who um, knows the education system. So he is the perfect person to lead SEMCAT because he understands both systems and understands the need for them to work together. And I'd like to add that when I was with the municipality, I was the alternate for SEMCOG. So 20 plus years ago, I participated in SEMCOG. And what I found then, and I still find, is SEMCOG is that entity that brings groups and information together from from across the board. And, and to me, there's a lot, I, I go again, there's a lot of parallel between education and local municipalities and, and the infrastructure and the services we provide. Um, and it, SEMCOG's ability to gather information and can communicate it without distortion of, of politics or whatever, just basic information provides the best decision pathway that we have. It's a tremendous opportunity at this time. I, I wish we had more resources, but at this time, the best thing we can do is first of all, understand what, we, what we're dealing with. The infrastructure studies that's going on, SEMCOG's participating with, is a, is a great opportunity to understand the condition and the, and the needs of our resources. In education, we're doing much of the same thing um, to investigate and, and understand what are the needs of our students and communities so we can, first of all, know what those needs are so we can make better decisions. And uh, SEMCOG, you know, communicating those, the research is, is the best tool that I believe we have. As we do our regional planning, we um, often say that all of our work um, builds on a strong foundation of data that we can start at least with a common understanding of what the circumstances are that we face. Um, we may ha at times have different solutions to problems or, or to issues, um, but we, we at least start with an understanding of what they are. And uh, I think that uh, Don hit it on the head is that we need to know the condition and where we want to get to and take actions to um, ensure that we invest in ways that address the problems we've identified. You're both in a unique position uh, to speak about infrastructure, but I want to I want to hold that for just a moment and and talk a little bit more about the education side of things. And one reason it's relevant now is that um, SEMCOG uh, and its partner organization, the Metropolitan Affairs Coalition, um, have just recently. Um, come up with some recommendations from a future skills task force. And so the future skills task force uh, is a great example of, of how leaders from, from education, workforce development agencies, and employers can collaborate with one another. Don, uh, you were involved with that task force uh, and actually presented uh, to some COG executive committee recently uh, on, on what that uh, task force uncovered. Um, can you can you talk a little bit about what you've taken away from these conversations? Well, um, there's a lot of um, examples in the Detroit area and southeastern Michigan of things done right, but it's much of it's a matter of scale. 
we simply don't have the resources to provide opportunity for all the students. And, and what we see, and, and this is where the collaboration with local businesses helps so much too, because you begin to understand the needs. So not only, uh, you know, we're trying to provide opportunity for students, but we're trying to make sure that those students have opportunities that will provide continued uh, employability and, and future skills. So in southeastern Michigan, we are going to struggle with the population to provide the, the workforce that's, that's needed. So this is, first of all, a study to understand what, what has been, been done well and what are the needs to meet the needs of our students. And what I really appreciate about it, much of the approach is very human. The idea that it isn't just a, a workforce we're talking about, we're talking about communities and the opportunities for not only the workforce but their children. Because if we can improve that environment, it, it, it has generational impact. Our group has a number of really well-informed, hard-working people that know what to do. And I, I look forward to trying to implement some of those suggestions and see where we can coordinate the resources that we have. So Kathleen, in your role as the executive director for uh, a regional council of governments, I know you have the opportunity to hear what other regions around the country are doing and, and how they go about doing regional problem solving. I'm wondering if uh, an effort like the Future Skills Task Force is, is pretty typical. By and large, um, regions across the country don't have education as members like we do. So we're quite unique in that way. And I think as the world of economic development has changed and become a lot more about um, chasing talent as opposed to chasing businesses that having education involved really gives us a leg up because we already are, are talking and, and having um, um, policy discussions that are addressing talent needs of the economy. And having that coordination and collaboration able to start early on is a great benefit. And one of the things as we've been talking and as the Future Skills Task Force did their work, um, among their uh, recommendations are collaboration between employers, education, and workforce development. And um, we found that people don't understand those systems, what their roles are in terms of educating, um, educating students that are in school now, as well as re-educating adults or continuing to educate adults. And so I think by us working together, we're all getting a better sense of what role each entity plays. And um, we've identified that the transitions between K through 12 education and community college or, or a four-year college or a training program, that it's not clear how students navigate that system. And so hoping that through collaboration, we can work on, on those connections and ensure that um, people have a pathway to um, a, a successful career. And there's multiple benefits to that. Much of what we've heard about across the country is the student loan debt. So we have a lot of students that graduate with degrees and career op uh, what they think are career opportunities and don't find the employability or the, uh, don't have the ability to pay back those. And it, it's hampering our economy. If we can participate in providing opportunities for students that equates to real work and, and provides you know, opportunity in the local area, there's a double benefit there. Not only do we support the workforce and the, and the work that needs to be done, but then we also have, a, we have better results as far as the educational process where, where students are, are prepared 
to, for real world opportunities in, in, in the local area. So I, it, I think this coordination is, has multiple benefits and, and uh, I'm, I, I think the task force done an excellent job of, of kind of identifying some of, the ha some of the problems with getting there. And by involving the employers, they can be a part of ensuring that the curriculum addresses um, that the talent and workforce needs that they have, as well as providing insights to career counselors about what it is like to work in their business or industry so that um, there's, a, there's better insight on the part of uh, the educational community in what the uh, business community is looking for. Another exciting project going on at SEMCOG right now is the Southeast Michigan Infrastructure Asset Management Program. This work is being done in coordination with the Michigan Infrastructure Council, of which Kathleen, you serve as vice chairperson. Can you tell us a little bit about the value of this project and, and why we're doing it now? Well, this project um, is really about collecting information on the location and condition of our underground infrastructure assets. We know a great deal about above ground infrastructure, roads and bridges. Um, we don't know a lot about what's underground because we don't see it every day like we do when we drive um, a roadway in Southeast Michigan. And we're collecting that data because we think um, we need to be able to share with the public um, where the infrastructure is, what its condition what its condition is and how we need to invest in it in a strategic way that um, ensures that we can continue to provide public services. Um, we're doing it in coordination with the State Infrastructure Commission and it's all about making the case for additional revenues from the state, um, from the federal government, as well as our local ratepayers. But to do that, we need to know what, what condition what we own and what condition it is. Okay, and Don, with your background in, in public works, uh, I'm sure you have some thoughts on this. Oh, a lot. As, as an operator, I, to, to me, you know, there's a tremendous uh, need for coordination of, of the uh, information that we have about resources. Uh, when I was a director, I, there's a geographical information systems that basically is a mapping system that you can attach data to. And there, that was being constructed uh, about 25 years ago. And what I hoped for and fought for was try to provide a common platform for municipalities ac across the state and for utilities. And we weren't able to do that. So what SEMCOG is doing now is trying to, part of their work is to create a common platform so all these different agencies and utilities can talk together and share information. It's been estimated that we can save two-thirds the costs on some of these projects if we coordinate them ahead of time. You know, we've all seen examples where things are redone or, or a lack of coordination, whether it's a cement replacement or, or a, a line that's been dug into. If we can coordinate those resources, there's a, there's a motive for both local municipalities and, and uh, businesses to, to make sure that we share that so we can be more efficient in our work. It's unfortunate. We all wish that we had the resources to do the work that needs to be done. We don't. And so first thing we can do is gather that information to make sure that we, we again, create a common platform where we can all talk together and, and, and address the needs and the way to uh, address those needs properly. And there's an appetite to do that both on the part of the public sector infrastructure, wh whether it's a city 
who owns a road or the water department that owns the water lines underneath or the telecommunications companies who have lines or um, the gas lines or the electric lines that we all are recognizing that none of us has enough money to do everything we'd like to do. That said, we can make the best use of the resources we do have if when we're working in a corridor, we can do it in a coordinated way. Great answer, yeah. Okay, so um, at the moment, SEMCOG is um, hosting a series of forums on the economics of Southeast Michigan. And the first one, um, we heard how infrastructure, along with a number of other issues, have a huge impact on the quality of place in our region's economic environment. So place is one of the three pillars of the regional strategy, along with business and talent. Kathleen, what are we looking for to start the work of updating our region's economic development strategy? Well, we're looking for input from both the public through surveys that we've been doing, as well as from local governments, economic development agencies, um, and others engaged in um, moving the economy forward in this region. And we, we need their input about where they think things are today, where they hope they'll be in the future. And so um, we've broken it up by those three pillars. Um, the forum that we just had that focused on place is really about, in many ways, what local government does to set the table for economic development to happen. We need infrastructure, we need quality housing, we need amenities that uh, make um, our region attractive for business and for people to live. Um, our next forum is gonna focus on the business climate. We're, we're likely to get a lot more involvement from the business community telling us um, what it is they're looking for, particularly from government. So whether it be the permitting process, um, uh, building permits, uh, air permits, what are we doing to make sure that those systems are understandable and easy for businesses to maneuver? So we're looking for that kind of in input. And then lastly, we're, we're gonna be talking about talent at our third forum and really asking the question, uh, what additional things do we need to do to ensure that we have um, people ready um, for jobs in this region? Last week, Kathleen was talking to me, and I, I think she brought uh, up a, a great point. It used to be that talent went to where business was, and I think that's what southeastern Michigan was. We attracted a lot of talent. Uh, internationally, we, we attracted, attracted people. But in the new work environment, uh, talent uh, goes to where there's the environment, uh, the, you know, they need amenities, they need social interaction. So I think these discussion items are about identifying the Detroit region to attract that talent. And that's what will build a stronger future and provide more opportunity. Interestingly, this is an update of our economic development strategy. Our last economic development strategy was really coming out of the Great Recession. So at that point in time, while we noted the talent needs, there was a lot of people looking for jobs at that point. Um, you know, fast forward, now companies are looking for people and businesses are looking for people. So things have changed and it means that we need to adapt our strategies for um, the changing environment we find ourselves in. So Donna, a comment you made earlier about um, 
the the instance several people find them in with with coming out of school with student loan debt that that isn't manageable given the job opportunities that they might have kind of you know lets me know that that you're you're sort of tapped into um, thinking about about economics at a personal level and and what the what the challenges um, people might be going through um, that also have to be considered along with you know the these broad um, you know things like re, you know the region's business climate and so I guess what I'm wondering is if you have any other thoughts on on how um, as we look forward into the economic condition of our region in the, in the coming years um, what what the personal experience of that is for for folks who are who are currently coming out of school now or who are going to be looking to in, in the next few years I, I kind of like to answer that in a broader perspective um, education uh, you know, what I talked about earlier the the coordination of, of resources so we have students that want to you know they're going and we, we use a lot of public resources to educate these students uh, so uh, we, we have a system currently that may not be the most efficient. Again, we hear about college debt. We hear about a lot of uh, law, uh, lack of opportunity for, for employers to, to find the workforce that they need. And the reason why I think SEMCOG is so, such a great opportunity, the fact that we do include education in part of the discussion when we're talking about community development, we're talking about businesses, uh, the resources for infrastructure, all these things fit together. And, and part of the opportunity of SEMCOG is to gather that information. And then much of what we're talking about is, for, first of all, is to listen. But then the opportunity to communicate um, the, the, maybe not the decisions. They, you know, this, this is a process. It, it's a process to understand uh, where we're at, where we've been, where we're at, what we need, and then work together to work to find solutions because that we simply education doesn't have it business doesn't have it local governance doesn't have the resources to answer all these questions but by working together we we have the best opportunity to come up with answers and and continually evolve those answers to make sure that we meet the needs of their community and it and as from your point for me uh, you know it's it's the human factor in this if, if why are we doing why are we building roads why do we have water mains why are we you know why do we do entertainment centers we want a quality of life for our, for our residents and for our students and uh, that's why most school board people get involved originally as they want to provide opportunity for children okay great is there anything um, that we haven't covered yet that, that either of you were were thinking about or, or ho hoping we'd circle back to well, one of the things that um, is a challenge for this region, and it's reflected in a number of our plans, is the whole um, changing demographics. We know that um, our region is aging. We're going to have less students, and therefore, in the future, um, our labor force is likely um, to be smaller. And given that, we really need to make sure that every person in this region can take advantage of economic opportunities. So I think um, as we move forward on our future workforce, um, there's gonna be a lot more emphasis on how can we connect with traditionally disconnected workers from the work, or people from the workforce, whether they be um, people that have disabilities um, or people that traditionally have not been educated or are not educated in traditional ways. So I think that that's something that by looking at the data and, and our economic trends, it, it, it takes us down a path 
to some policies and approaches to making sure that everybody can take advantage of Southeast Michigan's economic opportunities. You enter into anything, you, you evaluate your strengths and weaknesses are. And much of our focus has been on what our weaknesses, and we have a, a lot of issues, but I think there's tremendous strengths in Southeastern Michigan. For all those infrastructure needs we have, we have an infrastructure. We have a strong communication base. We've got strong manufacturing and a great coordination between our local municipalities. Uh, and I, I believe that SEMCOG is a great resource uh, to provide opportunity. So along with the issues that we have, we also have a, a history of being a, a, a manufacturing power. And we have that infrastructure here. And I think there's a lot that can be built on. And it's not, uh, again, it's, it, you know, there's issues, of course. But that, that work ethic, the, the, the strength of character in southeastern Michigan is known. And I, I think there's tremendous opportunities. I, you know, it's not always what's wrong. It's, there's, those opportunities are here, yeah, too. it's building off of those opportunities. And I think um, as you think about our manufacturing base and really it's moving from strictly being a manufacturing economy to manufacturing and technology. And I think that's what you'll see in our, our, our base industry, automotive. They're moving from just being about building cars to building high-tech cars with lots of technology. And so that has implications on the skill sets we need um, in the future. Right, not just the the vehicles that people ride in, but the the theories of mobility and the and the systems of mobility that that people are using, and we're seeing a lot of changes with that just right. just outside our door here. Right. Okay. Well, I think that this has been a really great conversation. Uh, thank you so much, Don and Kathleen, for being here today. This has been Semcog's Region Ahead. Thank you for joining us as we consider the important issues that affect Southeast Michigan. You can learn more about the work SEMCOG is doing to improve Southeast Michigan's infrastructure and economy at SEMCOG.org. Thanks again to Don Hubler and Kathleen Lamaco for joining us today.